Paul says many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. Today we're moving on in our study of Philippians chapter 3. Today we're looking at verses 17 through 21 and staying with uh, the theme of this section about following Paul's example and the faith. Um, I think it's important to have examples to follow. It's important to have mentors. Um, my spiritual mentor says that every believer needs uh, a Barnabas, uh, a Paul, and a Timothy. <laughs> and I like that. Uh, you need a Paul because you need someone who's more mature, who's been on the journey longer, who has a deeper faith that you look up to and respect, uh, who can mentor you and challenge you and push on you to be your best for Jesus. You need a Barnabas because you need someone you can link arms with and, and partner with in the ministry. Uh, someone who is a who's a peer uh, in ministry, someone who shares the journey with you and shares the load and shares the burden. And you need a Timothy because you ought to be investing in the life of a young believer uh, to see them growing in their discipleship, to see them growing in their faith and in their walk with the Lord and learning how to navigate his calling on their lives. And so we really do need a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. And so Paul is uh, challenging us to mentor under his example. Um, and uh, this makes him a sort of third-party mentor as we learn of his example from the scriptures. But it's so good to have a mentor that we can look up to who is flesh and bones, uh, who is walking this journey of faith in the here and now, uh, someone that we can meet with when we're going through challenges or hitting some walls or going through a time where our faith is being uh, attacked or there's just so many ways in which a mentor on the journey of faith is an important thing. Um, we're going to move into the text here shortly, but before we do that, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. I thank you, Lord God, for the mentors in my life, the men of faith, the women of faith uh, who I admire and respect and who are way further out on the journey with you than I am. And I give you thanks for their example, and, and Lord, it's my desire to uh, learn from their walk with you what is still lacking in my own. Uh, Lord, I love you. I thank you for your word, and we come ready uh, to hear what you have for us today. Uh, give us the spiritual insight and wisdom we need to apply these things to our lives so that they might have their maximum spiritual benefit in growing us to be more like Jesus. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in your name. Amen. Here's Philippians three seventeen through 21. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. 
These are powerful words and uh, a great uh, thing for us to consider. First, Paul says in verse 17 that we should join together in following his example. Now, Paul is not being boastful or uh, obnoxious about suggesting this. He's saying, my example is a reliable one. Um, Listen, I was converted in the deepest possible way from being a persecutor of Christ in the church to being an evangelist, apostle, who loves him and is willing to lay down his life for him. And um, and so Paul says, follow my example. But he's careful to say, not just my example, <laughs> but those around you who live committed lives of faith in Jesus. Uh, look up to them as well. See what they're doing and, and, and discern what you can learn from their example that might be lacking in your own faith. In verse 18, he says, for as often... For as I have told you often, and now I tell you with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Uh, It's so very clear today that the culture in the United States is changing, that they are moving in a radical way against faith in Jesus Christ, um, really against faith in anything. Uh, There is this sort of cultural um, acceptance of spirituality but if we get specific <laughs> about what uh, spiritual powers exist in the world and what um, and, and defining that by giving God a name, by saying this is Yahweh, this is God who is one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If we get specific, people get really squirrely. Um, the gospel is viewed as passé, puritanistic, um, as old and archaic, and no longer applying to modern life. And so the enemies of the cross today aren't necessarily um, blatantly shaking their fists at the heavens. They're subtly trying to um, chop away at the foundation of faith. They're subtly trying to change people's minds about this silly uh, belief in God and in the scriptures of the Bible. Um, and so it's a more subtle um, uh, expression of opposition. Uh, obviously, there are those who are um, vehement in their opposition, but generally speaking, at least culturally, it's a much more subtle enmity uh, of the cross of Christ. And I'm moved in my heart by the fact that Paul expresses this truth through tears. <laughs> And I think we should acknowledge this truth with tears in our eyes, that there are so many in this world who do shake their fist at the heavens, who do deny the existence of God, and who do refuse to surrender their lives to Jesus. And Paul tells us uh, the destiny of a life who's on that trajectory. In verse 19, he says their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, not just their physical stomach, but their God is their appetites. And their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. These are people who are convinced that this life is all we've got. And I have a precious son, my oldest, wrestling with faith and questioning faith and beginning to deny that there's a God who loves us and beginning to think that there isn't a life beyond this life. And it grieves me deeply. And we talk often, and I pray for him daily, that the Lord would draw him back someday. 
He knows the truth. He's been taught the truth. Uh, We have modeled the truth. And now he must decide for himself if he will embrace the truth of God's love for him in Christ. And I desperately pray and hope that he does. And I know the Holy Spirit loves him, and I know the Holy Spirit is pursuing him even now. And I trust that you have someone close in your life that their current opposition to the gospel puts tears in your eyes. Hopefully we all have multiple people that we can think of that we desperately long for them to come to faith in Jesus. It's a hard thing when someone rejects the God that you love (laughs) because you know how good and sweet and tender and kind and caring and compassionate and forgiving he is. (laughs) And you want them to know that and experience that. The earthly mind is focused on earthly things and isn't focused on things of the kingdom, things of God. Um, And it's driven by earthly things. It's caught up in earthly things. And it lacks the peace of those who know the the Lord who is Lord of all, the God who is King of kings and Lord of lords. When you know the God who is King of kings and Lord of lords, these earthly things that we might get tripped up by don't carry the weight that they might normally carry. They don't have the ability to bring fear and anxiety to our lives with quite the same power and impact. Uh, Because we know, as Paul expresses in verse 20, that our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's promised that he's coming back. John 14, he says he went to prepare a place for us that we might go to be where he is. And I trust him in that promise. And so we eagerly await his return. Who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, he is King of kings and Lord of lords will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body, the promise of resurrection. God will deliver on his promises. All of his promises in Christ are yes and amen, and we stand on that truth today. My friends, I'm burdened by those who don't know the Lord that that are shaking their fists at God and denying the existence of Jesus or their need for him. I'm burdened by it in my soul. But I trust the Holy Spirit's work, and I know that you do too. Let's continue to be prayerful today for those we love who are walking far from the Lord. And let's keep our eyes and our ears and our hearts open and ready for those opportunities to share faith with those that we might encounter who also are walking far from the Lord today. All right, my friends. And let's also remember that we need a Barnabas and a Paul and a Timothy in our lives as we journey through this life of faith. All right. God bless. Thanks for taking time out of your day to study. And I pray that this has been beneficial to your spirit.